the volume. The Sessions is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. They're America's number one sportsbook for a reason, y'all. It's so easy to use. It's safe and secure. That's one of the main things for me. I don't want any BS. I love that there's no BS with FanDuel. Plus, you get your winnings fast. Now winnings are delivered in as quick as two hours. Plus, it's super fun to combine multiple bets from the same game into a same game parlay. It's awesome. So if you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with the promo code Renee, that's R-E-N-E-E, so that they know that I sent you. Disclaimer, 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Wyoming, or West Virginia. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777, or visit ccpg.org slash chat for Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER, or visit fanduel.com slash RG for Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Virginia, 1-877-770-STOP for Louisiana, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-877-8-HOPE-NY, or text HOPE-NY for New York. Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789 and 1-800-522-4700 for Wyoming. Visit www.1800gambler.net for West Virginia. What up, everybody? How's it going? Um, hopefully everybody's doing great. Recovered from the WrestleMania week. Um, fingers crossed. It definitely took me a second to catch up on my sleep. I'm not used to staying up that late. Two nights in a row while juggling a million things and a nine 10 month old baby. Holy crap, how is my baby almost a year? The time really does fly. I know everybody says that, and it's probably like boring content for you guys, but it blows my mind that a year has nearly almost passed. God, time goes by so fast when you're an adult. It literally makes my head spin. A week goes by in about three days. Um, okay, let's get into this episode because this is a really fun episode. A repeat customer here, because we have Surat Tan on the show. He is one of the head costume designers. For WWE, um, he is a near and dear friend of mine. So nice to see his face and just to like get a hangout. Uh, we have had him on the show before. He is back yet again, not only to recap what WrestleMania week was like for him, actually basically from like Rumble to Mania for him, because that's really when business picks up of like who needs gear, who needs what. And he's like the go-to guy. I mean, he did so many people's gear. Um, he, he breaks all that down uh, for us of, of what that week looked like for him designing all these awesome looks and like what the story is going into these looks. I find that really, really fascinating. But not only that, he's got a brand new shoe coming out that I couldn't be more happy to support. And uh, I hope that you guys want to support this and check this out as well, too. It's with Diodora. So you can go to Diodora's, um, their Instagram page. It's also on Surat's Instagram page, which is I am Mikazi. I-A-M-M-I-K-A-Z-E. All of the information is on there, but you guys can get the shoes at Foot Locker, Champ Sports. You can buy them in the stores, which is really, really cool. And it's all for bringing more awareness to autism, which is, you know, something that's very close to, to him and to his family and, and to Sasha, to Mercedes. Um, so it's really cool. Very, very thoughtful what he, you know, ever, all the effort that he put into the shoe and 
the story that goes into this shoe. Uh, it's really the thoughtfulness of this. And I feel like that was kind of my big takeaway from this interview in general. It's like the thoughtfulness that he puts into people's gear to the thoughtfulness of this shoe that he's put together to him just as like a friend in making an effort to him as a husband making an effort, you know, a plus human being. We also talk a bunch about ice cream because he used to work at an ice cream shop for like 10 years. Anyways, let's get into it. This is Surat. What's going on, bud? How are you? It's been forever. It's been so long. It's so good to hear your voice and see oh your face. Oh my God. Same. I know when we were talking and I was like, F yes. I just, it's so good to see your face, to have a hang, to have a catch up. I love when I get to do Do I look tired? Because I am exhausted. You don't look tired, but your voice sounds like you've been put through it. How was the last probably couple months for you leading up to this? Starting with Rumble on, it's been nonstop. And then this this last week, week and a half, is it was a marathon, like an absolute marathon. There was one day where I was like, I should sleep underneath my table because if I go to my room, I'm going to sleep longer than I want to. Because I only wanted to take a two-hour nap. And I went to my room, I ended up getting a three and a half hours. So I was like, damn it. Yeah, you're down and out. Yeah, once you get like in that room and the, the the blinds are all shut and it's nice and warm, it's, oh my God, as like somebody that's constantly sleep deprived, that sounds fucking luxurious. There was one point where me and Terry and our new uh, seamstress, Jolene, we were all gluing crystals at the same time. And the fumes from the crystals were just, it was like, filling up that room. We were all, I, I, we were all getting high and like, wait, what do you mean? What do the crystals do? What do you, what do you mean? These wrestlers gears, when you see them sparkle, it's because they have like crystal rhinestones on there. Not just, not just like regular. Those are, those are like all Swarovski. How much does that cost? I, I won't give you a price, but just for example, Seth Rollins's gear had about, okay. So wait, oh, so one gross of crystals is 144 crystals. He had about 21 gross of crystals. How long does that take you to put on? And why are you getting high from the fumes of these crystals? Well, so it's not necessarily the crystals. It's the, it's the, the glue that we use with the crystals. Because you can't just use like, uh, if you try to use a heat setter, like the, uh, the little tool and you use the hot fix ones, it takes forever. So doing it with glue goes faster, but you're just in golf. So they always say, you know, do it in a well-ventilated area. But not with like several other people all doing the same thing. To think like if Seth has that many on his outfit. Just imagine what Natty has. I was going to say Natty is, must be insane. Yeah. And like, oh my God, I, what, what a gig. And I mean, that is the big thing, of course. It's like, yes. I mean, I don't know if I'm just speaking on my behalf, but it's like, yes, I look forward to the matches. Of course, there's the storytelling. It's beautiful. It's great. It's the art that we all love, but the gear, the gear is so end all be all And you did kind of everyone's gear. Who, like, I I was looking at a tweet earlier. Who all did you cover for WrestleMania for gear? So uh, I did Sasha. I made Seth's gear. Jolene made his kick pads and his stylist, Troy, uh, grabbed his jacket. I did, uh, I did most of Logan Paul's stuff. I did a bunch of stuff for Johnny Knoxville, which we were running around and doing, um, I forget who else. I honestly, it's just, it's, it's such a world when it's all blending in together. Like I did Rhonda, just a big, like a big assortment, all different types of looks. And then we had all, a lot of last minute stuff. Like I had to, I had to make a thong for Chris Pontius. <laughs> <Day of. laughs> 
did you have to like fit him for this thong or like how did that happen so it was just like they're like okay so we want a thong but not a, a totally yeah. a thong okay and so we i just you know we just looked at it okay we gotta need this about this much cheek showing whatnot so like okay i got you and then uh we had a helper named jen she turned a pair of regular adidas sweatpants into tearaway pants then mind you this is, this is all happening five hours before showtime was there anything that you didn't get done? I imagine your list is insane. And when it comes down to the wire and stuff's thrown to you last minute, there must be certain things that occasionally you're like, this one thing just can't get done and we're going to have to do without or we're going to have to improvise with something else. I don't think there was necessarily anything that didn't get done. Just, you know, some people stuff didn't show up. So we had to improvise and try to see what we could do. And you can only get so much done in that amount of time before they have to get dressed. And then go do rehearsals and all this stuff and just get ready, get in a gorilla position. So, you know, there's a lot more. If you had the time, you'd do a lot more to certain things, but you can only do what you can do. God, that's got to be pretty tense when you're working with somebody who like had something, one thing in mind that they ordered, that they paid for, that they were waiting down to the wire. And then that thing doesn't happen. And mania is mania. So when you don't have the thing that you want, probably a little bit heartbroken. And all of a sudden it's like, hey, what are we going to do instead? Like you must be dealing with... uh a lot of different emotions throughout the day. The thing I try to remind some of the wrestlers when that happens is like, I understand the idea of you had this vision in your head of you walking out wearing this specific thing. And when you wore it and you did, the crowd sees you, they're going to react a certain way. But like the audience doesn't know what you were planning. They just know what you gave them. Though it might not be what you wanted, that doesn't make it bad. How different is it working with guys like a Logan Paul, like the Jackass crew, like guys that are coming into our world? Like when you're working with a Seth, obviously with Sasha, uh, with Rhonda, when you're working with people that have worked with you before, that have had gear before, when you're working with people that have not even had wrestling gear before, what is that process like? You just got to remember that some of these celebrities, when they come in, they're, they're coming in with a team. You would think that one person's making the decision, but you know, they're, they're catering to a brand. So you have a lot of things, a lot of moving parts. What I will say is, you know, initially when we talked to Logan Paul and we asked him like what he had in mind, he was like, I want to go full on, full on wrestler. He wanted to match the Miz. He wanted to match the Miz. So initially we were going, oh, well, you want to match the Miz? Okay. So we're doing Logan Paul version of the Miz trunks, kick pads, sparkly. And then, you know, as things moved along with his, uh, with his team and you know, just catering to that brand, it changed up and we ended up going with the long tights, which ultimately I thought looked awesome because it still felt like him. God, that's so funny to imagine him having like a whole team making those decisions. Like I, I would love to know like what those conversations are for outsiders of the wrestling business. I mean, he did a hell of a job. I feel like he could easily hang in that wrestling world. But for him to step in there and them to be like, trunks aren't for you. We're going to do long tights. Like, I would love to know how they figure out what works and what is that Logan Paul brand in wrestling. I don't know what the conversations were had that went from, okay, let's go from trunks to, to long tights. But ultimately, like, uh, I know all these people are people that they make the decisions for his brand and he, he trusts them. And so far, if you look at him, it's, it, he's, his brand is growing exponentially. So obviously they're doing something right. So yeah, so you put trust in them. They put trust in us. And I, I kid you not, he was walking around people when he posted that picture on stage and everybody came up to me. They were like, that was crazy. They never expected him to look like that. He looks like a damn action hero. It was awesome. 
Yeah, I think everybody collectively, the internet was like, oh, this is what we're getting from Logan Paul. Like, not only has he been leaning in, and I mean, I feel like the buildup to their match was a little bit like, what are we going to get from Logan Paul in the ring? We didn't get too much of a taste of that going into it. Uh, but then, yeah, seeing him lean in with the gear and then, man, they had such a great match. Um, I mean, you have to have a great match with the Mysterios. I remember seeing him like doing his segments at Raw and stuff like that. And I'd be watching on the screen. I was, yeah, again, I wasn't sure what to expect from Logan, but I'd see him do stuff in the ring. I'm like, oh, his facials are good. So then when he came back and he said he wanted to go full wrestling, I was like, all right, let's go. Like This kid is game. Let's, let's, let's do this. I'm not going to make him look bad. So let's do it. Hey guys, if you're here listening to the sessions, thank you. Hello. Hi. And you love some combat sports. Well, be sure to check out Boxing with Chris Mannix. It's every Friday as he talks with the biggest names in boxing, UFC, and yes, even the occasional wrestling superstar. Chris is one of the most passionate and influential voices in the sport and he's here every week to help you get smarter on all things boxing. He'll also help you win some money on FanDuel with his weekly betting segment where he breaks down the best bets for all the big fights. Download Boxing with Chris Mannix only here on the Volume Podcast Network. Let's talk about Sexy Seth because we went full lace. Oh my God. So when he came out, I'm like, wait, is Seth wearing lingerie? He's got on the lace. I can see the thighs. I thought it was so cool. No one does that. Why don't I, we never even see women doing that? And it looked so damn cool. How did you find the right lace to find that right look to pull that off? I remember right after Rumble, he came walking back and I went to him and this, this was my pitch to him. I was like, Seth, I have this idea. At Mania, when you walk out, I want people to say, the hell is he wearing a wedding dress? <laughs> like, That's what I want. And he was like, okay, I see where you're going. So we started talking things change. We were originally going to do white lace, but we ended up changing it to black because of, you know, obviously who he was working. And so, uh, yeah, it just, it just evolved. And I was like, Hey, yeah, so I want to do lace, but like, I actually want to have some leg exposed. And he goes, yeah, 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 let's do it. And he's, he was game for everything. I love the fact that he just allows me to be like, all right, just, just stretch your creativity. I, again, when I was like trying to land on looks for the, uh, for that whole mania thing, I was like, okay, we're doing lace, we're doing all this stuff. So I started looking stuff up. And then I just held a picture in front of him. It was a picture of Prince. I said, that's what we're going for. He goes, all right, I'm game. I'm game. Let's go. Like Sasha wanted to look extra sexy this year. Specifically, she said she wanted cutouts. So I just started playing with that idea and just, you know, trying to figure it out. Yeah. I will say I do thoroughly enjoy this sexy nature of Sasha that she is bringing to the ring. I've definitely, I mean, I'm sure I'm not the only person to take note of this, but it's like, okay, girl. It looks great. Um, where do you, like designer Surratt, step into a, a combine with husband Surratt when it comes to doing Sasha's gear? I guess I understand what it's like to be a wrestler and to want to walk in feeling a certain way. And at the end of the day, that's Sasha Banks. That's not Mercedes. So you're just trying to convey her, her strength and her bossiness in a sexy way. And then also, you know, you're elevating it from, from years past. So like I, I was ta talking to one of the ladies this past weekend. I said, you know, some girls, they approach things thinking, I just need to sparkle. Like I need to sparkle. If I sparkle, then it's going to look great. And at the end of the day, it's not necessarily always about the sparkle. Sometimes it's just, it's changing your look drastically from one end to the other. It can be the plainest gear possible. But if it's a drastic change, then it conveys a whole other side of you. How do you do change? 
Like what goes into changing somebody's gear? And like, I mean, you look at somebody like John, for example, who is so bare bones for the most part all the time. I mean, he went from the shield gear to then the Dean Ambrose gear that was just like the white tank top and the jeans into like, you know, he's got like the camo pants and whatnot now. But like he like I, I can't imagine a world where he's in like true wrestling gear. How would you get him from where he is to something like what Cody wears to in like that traditional wrestling gear? Especially in John's case, it would have to be it would have to be driven by the story. What's the point of the story he's trying to get across? Because you know, it's hard to put someone into wrestling gear when they're getting ready for, say, a death match. Why would you even think to go that direction? And on the same token, you could have someone walking into a death match, but their whole stance is, I am a wrestler. Like when Matt Cardona did it. Yeah, it's, it's like, no, I'm going to go in there with my tights because I am a true professional wrestler. So that's what that's my uniform. I think when you're trying to elevate or change a person's look, it's just a matter of like, at the end of the day, it has to still feel like that person. You can't just go out of the box just for the sake of because if it looks like it doesn't fit him, then he's now he's just a guy wearing a costume. I know. And it really is such a delicate balance of it going along with where that person is in their career to what the match is. All of those details, like they really all come together. Uh, I mean, think of how jarring it was for everybody to see uh, Elias Ezekiel show up on Monday Night Raw. And it's like, wait, you're in trunks. You're shaved. Your hair's cut. Like, who is this guy? <laughs> like, it threw me. I literally, I left the room for a second. I went to the kitchen to get something. I came back and I was like, who's this? It legit took me a second to figure out who I was looking at. Did you did you see the meme that's online? Of him and LA Knight? No, of, of him. And I think it's the, that, like the, the short king from Shrek. <laughs> He looks exactly <laughs> like I started crying. I was like, holy, oh my God. Oh my God. So good. And like, there's a, there's a shot of him walking to the <laughs> ring and like, you know, he's got his shaved legs. <laughs> his shaved trunk, legs killed me. He only shaved down to about the knee. So you see the hair popping up from the boots. It's amazing. I was like, what? I don't know <laughs> if that was intentional. he didn't tan the back of his thighs. <laughs> Liars. Killing me. Oh, it's so good. I do. When they said, hey, you're not Elias, you're Ezekiel, Elias's younger brother. I was like, holy, that's, I, it made me laugh so much. I'm like, that's, just run with it. Just take that idea and run with it. It's, it's pro wrestling. It's wacky ideas. We had The Undertaker, who's an absolute legend, the, like a godfather in the game. But at the end of the day, he's a dead guy. Like he took that idea and just ran with it. Sometimes ideas are just so off the wall and you can take it and run with it. You can unlock magic. And you look at somebody like The Undertaker who had like the gray and the black and the purple and these different variations. Then he was Biker Taker. There's all these different variations. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it really is such a story for somebody's gear. And that is one of the cool things during WrestleMania with access as well as when you can walk around and you see people's gear in some of those moments because the gear becomes iconic in itself. Uh, you think of stuff that Trisha's worn. You think of like Lita with the thong sticking out, like these things that, you know, you'll always come back to. I mean, uh, having um, Dominic Mysterio wear that Eddie Guerrero uh, homage gear, like uh, amazing. So Ray was telling me earlier, like he told me like, oh yeah, like his, his gear maker, Hayashi, who's been making... Ray's gear for 25 years and is now making Dom's. He goes, oh, he killed it with his gear. They walked out and I saw Dom in the Gringos Locos gear. And I jumped out of my seat. I was like, 
oh, Gringos Locos. And I started running around the room. It, it still boggles my mind that like people will reach into the depths of like history in a way that I, I didn't even comprehend or think of. For you being a wrestling fan, you love wrestling. You were a wrestler. How much of that plays a role in, in you being so good at your job? I think one of the best compliments I got was when AJ first got there and I started, I, I had started doing AJ's gear for a while and I made him a pair of tights. He goes, dude, this is one of the best pair of tights I've, I've ever had. Like it fits perfectly. And then like, you know, Miz got his gear from uh, Jolene for this mania and he was walked in. He goes, best fitting gear I've ever had. I think being a wrestler, like I just, I understand that like, you know, the way gear shifts in the ring, the way it moves that like, you got to, I don't like things to be overly tight and squeezing them in. I like it to just, you know, flex just enough. With Logan, one of the notes that we got from his team was like, they wanted it tight, but not super tight. The whole gist I got was they wanted to be a, like a, a, the in-between between pants and tights. So we made it with just like, we cut everything right to his measurements so that they would be tight. But then when he moved, you know, it would flex a little bit. And then we used a vinyl on there because with, the fabric cut to that length and it, be, it being vinyl when he moved, you get the creases. So that would look more like pants than it would tights where if you just use spandex, it would just flow with the body. The little things like that, just knowing what fabrics to use and things like that, just to, to get the, the right look across. Fight fans, take your best shot with a risk-free bet of up to $1,000 from FanDuel Sportsbook. Even if your fighter gets knocked out or tapped out, New customers get up to $1,000 back if your first bet doesn't win. Just sign up using the promo code Renee to bet on all the biggest boxing matches and UFC fights. Get up in there, make some money. You guys can choose from the money line and the method of victory and so much more. FanDuel is America's number one sports book. The app is so freaking easy to use. And when you win, you get paid real fast. And FanDuel Sportsbook has just launched in Ontario, Canada, my home province. Let's get after it. So to place your first bet risk-free, just sign up with the promo code Renee. That's R-E-N-E-E. Disclaimer, 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Minnesota, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, or Wyoming. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 for Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat for Connecticut. 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG for Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Virginia. 1-877-770-STOP for Louisiana. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-877-8-HO. NY or text Hope NY for New York, Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee and visit www.1800gambler.net for West Virginia or 1-800-522-4700 for Wyoming. All right, let's get into some of your wrestling career. What drew you to wrestling? I don't I don't think that we touched on it too much when we had you on before. I also we don't have a lot of repeat customers on the show. I'm, I'm glad to be back. Like this, I feel like this is my only time I get to talk to you besides sending otter videos on Instagram. <laughs> I know bulldog videos, otter videos, which I saw a great one today that I meant to tag you in. Um, I'm going to have to go back and find it. I, I was like in the middle of like mom duty and I was like, must send this to Surat. Um, 
But uh, okay, let's get into you as a wrestler. What drew you to wrestling? What was your first experience of of falling in love with professional wrestling? So growing up, I was that kid who was like, you know, running up walls and doing backflips and like just trying to do you know, all kinds of crazy stuff to where everybody in school would always tell me like, yo, you should go to Hollywood and be a stuntman. Some like that. And so like, that's just my personality. And then I was watching, like I would see wrestling and I was just, I was enamored by it because it was the good guy versus the bad guy. I'm, I love superheroes. So it all felt just like that. And it was just something I loved growing up, but it wasn't until I first saw like Rey Mysterio him, Rey Mysterio in his Spider-Man outfit, like that spoke to me. I love comic books. I love action. I love flips. He's doing all that. He's short. I'm short. You mean I can do this? And ever since then, I was like, oh, this is actually something that I, I can go do and be. And, you know, and because of that, like when he first came back to WWE in the Royal Rumble, you know, I just started talking to him again and, you know, just building a rapport. And next thing you know, he gifts me with the mask that he debuted in. Oh my God, that's insane. No, I know it's like literally it's a in a case as it should be. Wow. Oh my God. That Ray, Ray's just the best. What a sweet man. Oh my God. He's the nicest person in the world. And Dom is just as nice, like great human beings. But yeah, like it just, it, everything about wrestling spoke to everything I loved to do. Just the physicality, the theatricality. So when I uh, was 17, I was still in high school and I, signed up for a wrestling school who it's actually the person that drove me to my first wrestling school uh, class because I needed a ride was smart Mark from the major wrestling podcast from AEW. Stop. Oh my I've known, God. Yeah, we've known each other since high school. And he, the reason why he's into wrestling is because he drove me to my first class and then they were like, Oh yeah, you want to hop in? He goes, yeah, sure. Oh, so my God. he hopped in with me. We started together. We won our first tag belts together in 2001. Wow. That's crazy. That's so cool. Um, did you and Sasha initially meet through wrestling before you were in WWE? You guys have been together for some time. I was wrestling for Chaotic Wrestling out in you know, Boston back in the day, uh, back when I was like just doing ROH and stuff like that. And around 2010, uh, she was training at Chaotic and we would just run and cross paths at shows. And it was it was wasn't until I was walking by one day she was talking to someone else, and I heard her mention Korean movies, and in my head I was like, "Who's it?" Yeah, I was like, "Who's this Puerto Rican girl that likes Korean movies?" That's what I thought. I had no idea she was like, you know, who she was related to, all this different stuff. But then yeah, I just started talking and figured out we had a lot in common, and it just it snowballed from there. What was your first date like? I don't know if it was considered a date, but. So I used to work overnights uh, in the ice cream factory. And one an morning, ice cream factory? What a fucking job that is. Yeah, I worked third shift making ice cream for a living for a Oh decade. my God, what? 2003 to 2012 when we moved to Florida. I was working at an ice cream factory. Listen, we're going to circle back to the dating thing in one quick second. Let's stay on the ice cream right now because I know that you are a food lover. I know that you are a hell of a, you, you get to business in the kitchen did you ever concoct some wacky flavors? What kind of things did you do working in ice cream for a decade? Uh, I didn't really concoct any like crazy flavors, but I'm not going to say the company name. Those who know me know what company I worked for. But there was one time I pitched this idea for a, uh, a s'mores ice cream and it was called Campfire S'mores Ice Cream. They kind of just brushed it off, whatever. And then like a year and a half later, all of a sudden they had a s'mores ice cream. And I was like, hmm, what's going on? 
And then also like, so on the tail end of my time there, probably like 2010, 2011, I was pitching to them like, Hey, we need to do a protein heavy ice cream, low lactose, high in protein. Cause that's going to be the rage. And it kind of just fell on deaf ears. They just kept going towards like low fat, half the fat a year or two later, all you saw was the, the halo ice cream, all the soy ice cream that was like high in protein. And I was like, we could have had that. I was pitching that for a long time. What's your favorite ice cream? Who is your favorite ice cream brand? You have brand loyalty. Uh, so my favorite ice cream, I don't have a specific brand. My favorite ice cream, like forever, is going to be Friendly's Cookies and Cream Ice Cream. I've never had this. What's Friendly's? Friendly's is a is an East Coast brand. It's all on the East Coast. They have restaurants, and uh, there's probably there's one restaurant in Florida. They close a lot of restaurants now, but you'll find like their their ice creams in like stop and shop or some certain stores you'll find their ice cream cakes there they used to have this jubilee roll that would come out every christmas that was a staple in new england uh, you know households during the holidays a nice jubilee roll oh my god have you ever had jenny's ice cream no what's jenny's ice cream jenny's i'm obsessed with so they do new lines pretty often but i connected with them when they did a line with Dolly Parton and me being like an avid Dolly Parton fan, they're like, can we send you some of this? I was like, fuck yeah, you can. Um, so they send me their ice cream, but now they keep sending them and they do different lines. They have like the, you know, they do like a summertime line with like different popsicle flavors. During the holidays, they had like cognac and butterscotch and coffee with sugar and cream, like these amazing, beautiful ice creams. Um, but they're actually based out of Columbus, which I didn't know until I moved here. And I was like, oh, shit, you can get Jenny's like kind of everywhere here. It's awesome. I highly recommend it. I'm also in a group chat with Josh Gallegos, Becky, Seth, Josh's girlfriend that is merely dedicated to ice cream. Um, OK, back to the love and relationship. So the first date that you say wasn't really a first date. When did the romance happen? When did you get out of the friend zone? I don't know. I'll be honest with you. I think it just kind of just grew over time. I just remember that first day. Like, I, again, I was working. I was home from work at seven in the morning. And I just, it's one of those days where I happened to not go to bed when I got home. And then I was talking with her on AIM. That's where everyone got fresh. That's where all dreams came true. And then I was just, yeah, I was just like, hey, uh, I, I feel like going to Chinatown in Boston. You want to meet me there? And she was like, yeah. So I drove to Boston. We met up in Chinatown. We just walked around. Looked at Korean movies, hung out. Uh, we got boba tea. I got her her first bowl of pho. And that was it. I don't think, yeah, it never felt like, a, hey, I'm going to like woo this girl. It was just kind of something that just blossomed over time. John and I were kind of similar to that too. Like we were talking so much that I was like, either we're just best friends or someone's got to pull the trigger here. And then the first time we like actually hung out, hung out, we like stayed up just talking until like four in the morning, like sitting on opposite couches, just like fucking nerds in a room hanging out. And it was like, someone better make a move here or uh, we'll just come up with a secret handshake. I guess he made the move. I think the best relationships are born from friendships. Like you can't, you, you got to be friends with the person because if you don't, if you can't do friend things with them, how are you going to do marriage stuff with them? 100%. You have to have someone you can just like hang out with. You, you like, it's one thing to be able to like hang out in romantic situations and also still to like keep that aspect of a relationship alive for sure. But also like when you're just, yeah, you want someone you're just like living life with. Not everything is uh, the notebook all the time. You want to just be able to like shoot the shit, hang out and just like purely enjoy each other's company. Yeah, I feel like you need to you need to find someone who just you just enjoy their company. You just enjoy being around them. I'm big on effort. For me, like if I feel like someone is not just like, you know, not just relationships, but just friends in general. If someone is worth the effort, 
for me to make, to me, that means something, you know, like I will, I will go out of my way for my friends all day long. If I feel like our relationship, or our bond is worth the effort. And everything is an effort too. It's like, I, I always hate those like memes or whatever. It's like, everything should just be easy. And if it doesn't feel easy, maybe it's not the right thing for you. Like, fuck that. Things are hard sometimes. And you do have to make an effort sometimes. It's not just, if it's not coming, knocking on your door right away, it doesn't mean that it's not for you or that you can't put in an effort to make something awesome and special. You see those memes and that's, it makes you feel like life is supposed to be like sunshines and roses. And it's not like, right? life is difficult. That's what makes you, that's what makes you appreciate the easy times. Seeing the wrestlers run out there in their outfits and seeing it sparkle and seeing the crowd's reaction, like that's the easy time. The last week and a half of literally two hours of sleep a night, going back and forth, running around, doing everything is, is that's the effort that you put in just for those moments. And once you see that, once you see the appreciation on the fans' eyes and the wrestlers' eyes, then it makes it worth it. What was the sense of relief that you had or like, when did that kick in for you? Was it after night two of mania? Was it after raw last night? When did you get to finally just like exhale and be like, okay, I get to go home and we did it. We did the thing. Technically. Yeah. I'm not, I haven't exhaled yet because I have a sneaker drop coming soon and I have other gear to make for people. So like my, the only, the only solace I really got in this, in this time was a short two hour span before raw where I got to go to Wabi house in Dallas and grab a nice bowl of ramen and just not think about work. That was my, that was my, you know, my breathing time. Is it hard for you to not think about work? So, so the last couple, I mean, I want to say the last couple of weeks, like, again, I wasn't getting much sleep to begin with, but the, the little sleep I did get, I, my mind was just racing about people's gear. Okay. Who do I have to do a meeting with here and there? I got to go do this. I got to, oh, some other project just came up. So now I'm losing sewing time because I got to run out and find fabric and do all these different things. So it's just, yeah, my mind was just constantly on wrestling and gear and stuff. So it's, it still hasn't exited yet, which I don't think it's going to, but at least (laughs) now it's like, I have a little more breathing room. And to continue thinking about wrestling gear really quickly, before we, we move on from the wrestling gear talk, what is your Mount Rushmore of best gear of all time? The gear that I made or just in general? In general. Top tier, number one is Rey Mysterio's Spider-Man gear. Blue tights, the white stripes in the front with the Spider-Man mask and the, the webbed uh, kick pads. I want to say Legion of Doom with the spikes. Simple, but just it's, I don't know. They, they really just, as a kid, that really like set my, my brain on fire. They just look so awesome. Ultimate Warrior in yellow tights. I don't know why it just it stuck. One more. Uh, Sasha Banks, Eddie Guerrero gear, because it was just a shot in the dark where I said, "Hey, I want you to wear a long tights here," and she was so apprehensive. So I ended up making which was actually the last time we were in Dallas, which was WrestleMania 32. I ended up making her a pair of long tights and a pair of shorts because she wasn't sure what she wanted to do. She ended up going with the long tights and then wore the shorts, I think, the next night on Raw. It was the first time where it was like that step out of the box moment. Okay, everybody's seen you in shorts and a top for all these years. Let's step out of the box, but still be you. One final Sasha question for you. Uh, She just won the Women's Tag Team Championships at WrestleMania. 
What was that moment for you like to be? I know you're like sitting there at your monitor, soaking in the whole thing to see her and Naomi get that win. What was that like for you uh, to see sort of the build up to them securing those titles? It honestly, it meant the world to see how much that girl puts into wrestling, how much love that she puts in, not just for herself, but in order to elevate other girls. Like to her, it's not, it's not just about her accomplishments. It's about bringing other girls with her so that they can collectively do this thing and change perception of what women's wrestling is. And, you know, there was always that crux in the back of everyone's mind. Like, oh, well, she always loses at WrestleMania. She always loses all these first time ever is everything, but she's lost at WrestleMania. So to finally get that monkey off her back was really good. Like I, I was, I was in my brown suit. I ran down to gorilla and just waited just because it's like, yeah. Oh, I love that. It's so it's, it really is cool to have those moments and you see your significant other to have those moments. And like, as much as it's obviously it's, it's their moment and they're putting in that work, but to be along the ride with that person and getting that, like seeing that moment, it's, it just gives me like goosebumps. I mean, when I've been there with John, when he's had really cool moments like that, it's like when he won the WWE title, I'll never forget that of being like, he, I had no idea it was happening. It did not know he was cashing in at money in the bank. And Kasama, one of the producers uh, at WWE, she was like, it was at the main event. She's like, you're going to be watching at a monitor. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I was like busy doing something. She's like, you should probably go to a monitor. And I was like, wait, what? So I like run she to almost she spoiled it. <laughs> so I had to like, <laughs> I had to like run to like, but I might not have seen it if she did not give me the heads up. Cause I had no idea that it was happening, but uh, just to see that when, yeah, you kind of, you wait in gorilla for them to come back out and everybody's applauding them and to see all of the, their peers and to have Vince stand up and, and to give the, the applause. It's, it's such a cool moment. It's awesome. I love those type of moments in wrestling. Like on Sunday, we got done. Show was getting over. We were packing up and getting ready to leave. We we're in the hallway. We we're walking. I'm standing by the monitor. And all of a sudden I just yell. Because, you know, Terry, if you guys watch Hall of Fame, Undertaker shouted her out. She's made everything Undertaker's ever worn. So she's been there for a long time. And she's getting ready to leave. We're going. And all of a sudden I look at the camera. I'm like, Terry, Vince is in the ring. Vince is in the ring. And she comes running back. And we're like, oh, <laughs> And he takes off his shirt. We're like, oh my God, he's jacked. What the hell? It literally was a, like I was, my childhood was just coming up. I was so excited. I'm like, this is amazing. The stunner. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I, my face uh, hurt so much that, I mean, it was just such a great moment. And you see Austin laughing. It was, <laughs> it was fantastic. I was, I was talking to Austin Theory yesterday. And I was like, dude, your, your stunner cell, like, I was like, dude, I was like, I was like, that's bucket list taking a stunner. And he goes, exactly. As a wrestler, there are those things that you just, they're in, you're in the back of your mind. Like if I ever get a chance to do this and one is like taking a stunner from fucking Stone Cold Steve Austin. How about Byron getting to get out there and take the stunner on night one? I was like, B sucks out there just like selling like a motherfucker. I know. And then he's like, oh, yeah, I still I, I don't drink. I still taste the beer. <laughs> <laughs> I know. As soon as he went to take that, the, he's taking that sip of the beer. I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> uh, I was like, how good of an so actor great. are you, Saxton? <laughs> he performed. You did it. Um, OK, your shoe that's coming out. The train just keeps moving for you. Mania was great. What a success. But now, yeah, I mean, here we go. We're moving on. You've got another shoe dropping with Diodora. What went into putting this shoe together? What's the story behind it? Uh, now knowing 
how much story you put into wrestlers gears. What do you put into this shoe? The shoe that we have coming out this year is the same model as the one I did last year, the N9002. And I dubbed this project Be Seen. I actually have the shoe right here. Yeah, they're beautiful. Thank you so much. Again, just like last year, I tried to put a lot of effort into just telling a story with these shoes. So the big thing is, uh, again, last year we did like a half black, half white motif. And one of the things I learned about last year was that white gets dirty really, really fast. So this year I wanted to go with a more of a black motif. Uh, We wanted to add some wild colors to it. So that's why I went with the tie dye because I love tie dye. I tried to incorporate the infinity symbol and the puzzle piece in here because there are individuals uh, in the autistic community who connect with either or, or both. You know, I know some people prefer one over the other. My whole thought process behind that was you can't omit one person's story just because it doesn't align with your story. Those are symbols for autism? Yes, those are symbols for autism. And, you know, some Got people it. like, I mean, the puzzle piece has a, has a storied history, not all good. But I, I've talked to like individuals who really connect with it because, you know, growing up, they never saw that puzzle piece as a negative for them. Back in the day, it was always the idea that an autistic person was missing a piece. And that's why the puzzle piece was, you know, synonymous. With it. And like, they, a lot of individuals took that as a negative and rightfully so. You're not missing a piece. You are a fully formed individual. But as talking to a lot of autistic people, I've met a lot of them that said, no, like that piece, it wasn't about me missing a piece. It was the final piece. What I learned about autism, when I figured out what I was like, it was like that final piece of the puzzle. You know, I talk to families and they say, you know, my autistic child, they're not missing a piece. They're the final piece to this family. We would not be a family without them. And so when I started hearing those stories, I was like, okay, you can't leave that out. You can't disregard their, their experiences just because it doesn't align with yours. One thing I really love about this is on the tongue, we wrote awareness and acceptance. And those things actually glow in the dark, you know, along with the Diodora symbol on the side. So the, again, the tagline for this project is be seen. And the whole idea was the autistic community, autistic individuals, they don't, they shouldn't be in the background. They shouldn't be pushed to the side. They should be front and center like everyone else. They deserve to be seen. One of the biggest things that I learned from last year is this year we incorporated uh, adaptive shoelaces. In. What's that? Adaptive shoelaces are actually elastic shoelaces. Now, one thing I learned from, from Joshua, uh, Mercedes's brother, is he hates untying his shoes. I'm with him on that. Well, then you'll love this because of the adaptive laces. Once you tie the shoe, you can just slide your foot in and out without having to untie it. How much did Joshua get to weigh in on the shoe? He didn't get to weigh in that much. He just loves colors. So I literally, when I was fashioning the shoe, I, just, I had him in mind. I was like, what would Joshua like to wear? I, his shoes are always filthy. So that's why I went with the black. He loves crazy colors. He doesn't really care what color he's wearing. So I said, let's put all the colors on there so he can match everything. Got to get that rainbow out there. Have all the colors mix and match. You can pick what you want to highlight. I love that. We're doing a shirt working in conjunction with this company called Spectrum Designs out of Port Washington, New York. They're a company, they're a t-shirt printing company that specializes in hiring autistic individuals to work in their factory. And they work together with the Nicholas Center in Long Island. And the Nicholas Center is a place where they, uh, autistic individuals can go there. They can learn life skills. They can learn job skills to where one day they can eventually go out and be self-sufficient, can live on their own, can work. 
And then a lot of the individuals then get moved over to Spectrum Designs where everybody gets a paying wage. They have their own workday and they're not just doing menial pushing paperwork. They're working the presses. They're, you know, pushing everything through the heat t- tunnels and cutting out the, the patterns and all that. That's awesome. That's so cool. I took a tour there a couple of months ago and it was absolutely amazing. But the shirt. Oh, wow. That's so cool. And all the languages says acceptance. Is that rainbow as well? Yeah, it's, it's tie dye. It is. Or, yeah. I'm like, am I seeing that right? That's awesome. It's in all different languages. Yeah. So the whole idea is, again, they deserve to be seen. So I went with a very, a very simple font because I didn't want the message to be muddled. And then again, doing it with the whole, the different languages, it was no matter where you are in the world, you deserve to be seen, you deserve to be accepted. So how did this relationship with Diodora come about for you guys to work together for you to really be uh, using your platform to, to bring more awareness to autism? So uh, Foot Locker would do uh, projects here and there with WWE. And one day backstage, I was talking to the, the Foot Locker rep, John, and we would just talk about wrestling and whatnot. And I had mentioned to him that, you know, I used to manage a foot action when I was in, still in high school. And so we just started talking about that. And one day they had a project coming up where uh, one of their managed store managers won a contest to design a shoe and he wanted to do a wrestling shoe. He wanted to do a shoe with Sasha Banks. So he was, John was like, Hey, I can actually, uh, I think I can make that happen. That was the gold one, right? No, that was, so that was Mercedes first shoe. That was a FIBA, the Puma the Puma was like a year after, and that one was a small one. We did about 60 pairs, but those sold out in like 18 minutes. So then uh, one of the things I had told uh, John, because his son is autistic, and then Mercedes' brother, Joshua, is autistic. So I had mentioned that, you know, she has an autistic brother and stuff like that. So when this project with Diodora came up last year, he hit me up and was like, hey, you want to take a crack at designing the shoe? Because you have a connection with autism. I was like, I was like yeah, hell yeah. Like, I'm a sneakerhead, and you're Give me a chance. Like, let's, I'm game. Let's go. And last year's project went like gangbusters. It sold out. It was amazing. We only did like a 200 pair run. So this year we're coming back with 10, 20 times more. Wow. Good for you. That's awesome. Yeah. And the goal, the whole, the goal is if this project goes great again, then again, we come back next year with an even bigger project. Yes. That we can encapsulate more charities. Like uh, because of this project this year, we're actually donating $25,000 to the Flutie Foundation. Yes. Hell yeah. Represent. As a Canadian, Doug Flutie. But like, yeah, so we're doing that. And the Flutie Foundation has been an amazing partner for, for just the resources they've have given me. This year, I went and ran their 5K and I plan on doing that every year. Where do they do that? Uh, they do it up in Natick, Massachusetts. He is a, a, you know, a former patriot. So I had to go up there and be like, I got to represent you know, the Bay State. <laughs> but yeah, so... Uh, yeah, they've been an amazing, amazing partner. And we actually, with all this going on, the one really, really cool thing we're doing is uh, we have this autistic individual named Ben Rosloff. He lives in Long, Long Island. Amazing, amazing kid. And he's actually shot a documentary for the creation of this shoe, for the creation of the shirt. And he's, he shot it. He edited it himself. He's doing all these animations and graphics for it. And it's going to get released, I think, the day before the shoe drop, which is, you know, I'll let it out right now. The shoe comes out April 13th. Woo! Footlocker.com, champsports.com, and again, this is bucket list, in Footlocker stores. So you can actually go into a store and pick it up. That's so cool. Dude, you're crushing it. Like crushing it with the cause. 
it's so cool. I'm so like proud of you and happy for you that you've been able to like take this opportunity and it just keeps growing and there's so much good behind it. Again, this is getting released in April during Autism Awareness and Acceptance Month. But my whole goal is to give something to the autistic community that can spark a conversation so that we can talk about autism throughout the whole year, not just during this month. I, it's just one of those things where I hate when everything is front and center and everybody, you know, they, they pull out all their decorations and for the month they're you know, spewing all this, hey, we, we accept this, we accept that, this is what we're doing. And then after, once May 1st hits, it all goes back in the closet, like, no. Wear this all years. Keep that conversation going. Absolutely. Keep the conversation going. So April 13th, the shoe is dropping. Footlocker.com, champsports.com, and in Footlockers and Champ Sports stores. Uh, Well, Surat, thank you so much for coming on the show again. It's great to just see your face and hear your voice and get to hang out with you, but also get to talk about your mania week and putting together all these crazy looks and your new shoe with Diodora dropping April 13th. Footlocker.com, champsports.com, in the stores. Get out there. Be a part of it. I'm just stoked for you. Thank you so much to Surat for hanging out with me yet again. A repeat customer. I like these. There's so many people that I do want to have back on again. As much as like an hour is a great amount of time to spend with somebody, sometimes like, you know, you veer off in a different direction and you want to go, you know, with the flow of the conversation and not just like, this is what I had in mind for the interview. Um, But sometimes I have so many notes left over of things that I wanted to talk to people about and I didn't actually get into it in the interview. So either that means I need to sharpen and hone my skills as an interviewer so I can like really get in there in one go. Or it means they just got to come back. I like the idea of them coming back. That also means I take um, no fault for that, which is how I like to operate. All right, guys, you know what to do. Check out everything on YouTube. All the, you know, all the social media clips go up for the show. You know where to follow everything. Um, There's tons of great stuff going on with the volume. So many great shows, so many amazing, talented people. So just go on the volume sports, check out their, their Instagram, their Twitter. You can see all the shows on there. Um, If you want stuff just outside of wrestling, there's other sports, there's, there's sports betting, all sorts of things covered under the volume sports umbrella. So get to it, check it. And uh, I'll talk to you guys next week. This has been The Sessions. Mm